Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. Presented by Cape and Cowell Comics. I am Henry Liu, and today is Monday, February 12th, 2018. And originally, I was thinking about having this episode be a toy-themed episode, um, but I'm going to hold off on that for now uh, because um, my man Rainier, I definitely want to have him in on the conversation there. So uh, we both have watched the new Netflix show, The Toys That Made Us, and we uh, we definitely geeked out about it, and uh, we both have a lot to say about the show and about just toys in general. So that's coming soon. Today, since it's just me, um, we're not going to go uh, in-depth on that show or toys in general, but, I mean, that show really got me kind of juiced up about G.I. Joe. So we're going to talk about G.I. Joe today. Um, G.I. Joe was a huge part of of uh, my early years. And, um, yeah, there, there, uh, there was an entire episode of The Toys That Made Us entirely geared toward G.I. Joe. And um, it was great. I loved it. And it brought back a lot of memories. And, um, man, it, it, it just made me think of, of uh, those good old days when I was a youngster playing with these toys, reading the comics, watching the cartoons. Um, a pretty magical time for me, you know. Um, I'm definitely a child of the 80s, and um, if there is any one thing that I latched onto hard, it was G.I. Joe. I mean, you know, I was a pretty big pop culture junkie uh, back in the 80s. Um you know, read tons of comics, watched a lot, a lot of TV. Um, but yeah, if you were to pick one thing, it'd probably be G.I. Joe in terms of like, you know, number one, top of the mountain stuff that I was like really obsessed with. Uh, so yeah, I'll try not to get too much into the specifics of uh, the documentary series on Netflix, uh, because like I said, I wanted to save that for later, but you know, that's really kind of uh, the starting point from, you know, where this is all coming from. It really just brought up all these old memories and stuff. Um, so yeah, GI Joe, like, man, like it, it is notable. Like I brought up the fact that there were toys, there were comics, and there were cartoons, and uh, that's where they—that's <laughs> where they really got me, you know. Like, if it was just one of those three things, that would be one thing. But uh, I mean, the creators of GI Joe really put on this this uh, full court press, if you will, in terms of just assaulting child's minds. <laughs> they certainly got me. I was, I was. Uh, captivated, captured, whatever you want to call it. Hook, line, and sinker, man. I was into it all. I got tons of the toys. 
I bought tons of the comics or read a bunch of those. Um, I watched the cartoon religiously. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, part of it was some pretty brilliant marketing, you know, borderline evil marketing to kids. Uh, that, that's definitely part of it. They got me. Um, but, you know, I think there was a lot of genius in in these creations, too. You know, the character designs and the characterizations, um, the storylines and the comics and the cartoons, uh, the toy designs of not only the action figures, but the, the vehicles. It's all great, man. So one thing I wanted to highlight is the file cards. So uh, one revelation I got from the Netflix show was that uh, the file cards that accompany the action figures, those were not uh, originally intended. You know, those were just kind of thrown in last minute. It was as a result of Star Wars, actually. So Hasbro created G.I. Joe, and Hasbro also took over for Star Wars at a certain point. So um, when G.I. Joe was ramping up, getting ready to release, the, the time frame was a little bit off because um, the year that they wanted to release, the initial release of G.I. Joe action figures and, and vehicles, was the same year as The Empire Strikes Back. So it would have been, you know, the, the timing was bad, you know. So the G.I. Joe creators got the order to hold off for a year. It's like, we're still doing this, but let's just wait a year. It's going to be a sure thing that these Star Wars toys are going to take off. So let's just wait a year and, you know, we can even it out, right? So... Um, that's when the file cards came into play, you know. Um, like a couple of interesting things here. One, that, like I mentioned, the file cards were not originally intended, but two, they were written up by the comics writer, Larry Hama. He's the guy who uh, wrote all of those file cards up. And, you know, there is kind of a... A symbiotic relationship between the toys and the comics you know like I wasn't aware of that when I was a kid I thought that there were two separate things but they were really kind of created at the same time and they were sort of meant to you know support each other this is the perfect example where they were doing that because the comics writer Larry Hama he wrote the file cards too yeah he took that year off you know that year that uh they needed to wait until Star Wars was, was done. They needed to wait for that period. So he took that year to, to write up these file cards, and it was brilliant, man. So, like, you know, on, on this podcast, I've mentioned a lot about what makes certain stories work. A big part of it is character development, right? Whether you're talking about comics, TV shows, movies, whatever, you know, as a reader or as a viewer, you got to care about these characters, right? How do you do that? You develop them, right? So that they're not just two-dimensional cookie-cutter characters. 
And uh, these file cards really were like a big step in that direction, you know? Instead of just having this, this toy, instead of just that, you have this file card that gives this whole backstory, you know, what are their areas of expertise, you know, what type of person they are, and their rank, and uh, weapons they use, and all kinds of cool shit, man. Um, and that really went a long way in terms of developing these characters and really making me care about these characters. And instead of just having these sort of uh, generic army men, I would already know who they were even before I read a comic of G.I. Joe or saw the TV show, you know, the cartoon. So that was really brilliant. It's pretty fascinating that that was just sort of almost an accident, you know, that it was just as a result of something bad. Oh, no, like... There's this overlap in timing where, oh, like we got to postpone launch for a year. Something really good came of it, right? So that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. You know, a lot can be said about these foul cards. And I, I will note too that, you know, um, the G.I. Joe toys that I collected as a youngster, I mean, they're all pretty much long gone. I mean, if, if, <laughs> if I went back to my parents' house, um, I could probably dig up a few, you know, in various levels of, of, of condition. A lot of them are broken. Um, but the one thing I do have in uh, its entirety is my file card collection. So I cut out all these file cards and I saved them and I have them like in my house right now. And uh, it's, it's pretty sweet. You know, I really got a lot out of them then. And I think it's kind of a stroke of genius to do that and I still have my file card collection it's super cool man it's a lot of fun just kind of flipping through it okay so yeah so <laughs> a couple other things like um I had a uh, a Halloween several years ago this is like 10 years ago now um but like a bunch of my coworkers, we all decided to do a G.I. Joe like a group theme dress up it was so awesome. This is like, I think, no, I know this was the best Halloween ever. I'm counting like as a kid, as an adult, it, it doesn't matter. We had so many people in on this, this group theme. It was so fucking amazing, man. I got to be the Cobra commander, which is pretty sweet. You know, we were, I'm not sure the process exactly of how we how we picked. I mean, people knew I was a huge G.I. Joe fan, so I think, you know, my coworkers were, were pretty cool about kind of letting me be whoever I wanted to be. Uh, so, yeah, Cobra Commander, man, he was one of my favorites. So, yeah, I, I was I was the man, Cobra Commander. Um, but, uh, like I said, there were a bunch of us. We had tons of Joes, tons of Cobras. Um, you name it, man, we had... On the Cobra side, we had Destro, we had the Baroness, Storm Shadow, Major Blood, really, really cool villains. And on the Joe side, we had Snake Eyes, we had, I mean, so many. I mean, s some of the more obscure ones, too, like Quick Kick, Jinx, you know. <laughs> it was fantastic. And, um, you know, uh, I had mentioned Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, on an earlier episode of this podcast. So not only did we uh, dress up as G.I. Joe characters like all day in the office, and it was just like 
it was just pure comedy. We were just like taking pictures and laughing our asses off, just you know, at the at the uh, surreal environment that we had that day. But not only did we, you know, all dress up that day, but you know, we all went to this party that night, and it was a Rotten Tomatoes party, you know. And there was another uh, group theme. There was a, a Street Fighter themed group there. <laughs> and it was pretty sweet seeing like all these Joes and Cobras kind of facing off with all these uh, Street Fighter characters. Uh, so tons of fun. Oh my God, what a blast. Uh, I also have to mention, you know, the the G.I. Joe fandom, it, uh, it's a big fandom, you know, so much so that there was a G.I. Joe-themed episode from the TV show Community. And, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Community as well as G.I. Joe. So when they had this G.I. Joe-themed episode, I was... You know, I was I was through the roof, man, and it was so funny. It was it was, it was so brilliant, and um, I had uh, the great pleasure of meeting the community creator Dan Harmon, and uh, it was for uh, a community signing at San Diego Comic Con. Super awesome, you know. I got to meet Joel McHale, Gillian Jacobs, um, and some other folks on the show including Dan Harmon. And when I met Dan Harmon, um, I got to sort of profess my love for his G.I. Joe-themed episode. I just told him it was, like, you know, pure genius, and he was he was glad to hear it. Um, so, and, you know, I don't want to go into the details of that episode too much, but, like, you, you could enjoy it as a fan of community. You could enjoy it as a fan of G.I. Joe. You can enjoy it as a fan of neither. It was just really funny, you know? And it, it really kind of uh, was a funny commentary on animation of, of that era. Not the best uh, quality animation, um, but there's a certain character to to animation from, from that era that I think um, goes a long way. I think, you know, anytime I see that style of animation, it uh, it kind of takes me back. There's a nostalgia factor, but there's just uh, there's a fun factor too. Like that, that that style of animation is you know you just don't see often nowadays. And you know I definitely attribute it to a lot of fun shows like GI Joe. Okay, so I mentioned a bit how a big part of the brilliance of GI Joe is this sort of built-in character development you had with these file cards, you know? And those not familiar with the file cards, it would literally be like part of the packaging. So when you bought the action figures, they'd be kind of encased in plastic and then there'd be this cardboard backing, right? So part of that backing was a file card that gave like the entire background of the character, you know? Same thing with the vehicles that contained uh, an action figure with it. Those would contain a file card in the packaging too. And um, yeah, I'm glad I kept all mine because, you know, you could easily toss out the file card when you tossed out the packaging, right? Um, um, but I definitely made a point of it to cut out the file card. There's like a little like uh, dotted line around the file card. So it was meant to be cut out and collected. Um, 
I don't think everyone did that, but I certainly did. And like I said, it, it added a lot to playing with the toys and just sort of getting to know the characters and everything. But that wasn't the only way to get to know these characters, you know. The comic books and the cartoons definitely added to that, too. Between the foul cards, the cartoon, and the comics, man, you really got to know these characters. And they, they definitely weren't just like these sort of um, cookie-cutter characters that, you know, you, you didn't really get to know. You really got to know these these characters. And, oh, man, there's so many awesome characters in the G.I. Joe universe. I think top of the list for me and for a lot of people is Snake Eyes, you know. Snake Eyes is, of course, the uh, the the ninja G.I. Joe character, right? And he's mute, he's mysterious, and he's a total fucking badass, right? He can, like, he can do it all. He's a weapons expert, he's an expert in unarmed combat, and, uh, yeah, he is not to be fucked with, yeah? And, um, again, I didn't want to go too much on the Netflix show, but uh, they gave a little bit of, of history on his character and pretty cool how, like, his toy came to be. You know, the, uh, the, the, the toy company Hasbro, they were looking to, you know, keep costs down, of course, um, and they wanted the designers to, um, I think, like cut down 10% of the cost, kind of a nightmare for the creators. Like, oh, great. So you're going to take our designs and then like make us like take away 10% of it or something. And they were kind of, you know, stressed out, like wondering what the hell do we do? So they were considering like taking out 10% of the design of each of the initial action figures. Um, but then they thought, well, instead of doing that, like we, we really like what we have here why don't we just keep that intact and instead of taking 10% away from each um, making one character of that initial batch there were like 10 or so action figures in that initial batch taking that one character and giving him no design so essentially you know all the the cost savings are in that one figure that was snake eyes you know he's just this sort of uh, template figure who's all black, there's no color, you know. Um, and it was meant as a cost-cutting measure, and he turns out to be the most popular of them all. So <laughs> how awesome is that? You know, I, I love that origin. And um, it was cool, too, uh, not that long ago, this was uh, the 2016 Silicon Valley Comic Con. I got to meet the actor Ray Park, who is known best as playing Darth Maul in, uh, you know, Star Wars Episode One, And that was cool, you know? I thought Darth Maul was a cool character. Um, but I sure as hell was more excited to meet Ray Park because he got to play Snake Eyes in the G.I. Joe movies, yeah? So um, that was a, a big thrill. And also, you know, it speaks to my, my fandom for G.I. Joe. Those G.I. Joe movies weren't... Uh, you know, masterpieces of cinema by any means, particularly the second one. The second G.I. Joe movie, G.I. Joe Retaliation, that shit was garbage, so bad. Um, I will say the first one, G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra, that had, uh, to me, it was, it was fun. You know, again, not brilliant filmmaking, but I had a lot of fun with it. 
and uh, just to see the toys of my childhood come to life and um you know it, it was it didn't take itself too seriously and it was it was a kind of a fun flick but yeah man i got to meet snake eyes how fucking cool is that i should probably note that the comics for gi joe were quite different from the gi joe cartoon the gi joe cartoon was definitely geared for a younger audience i mean it was all meant to do one thing make kids buy toys <laughs> you know it was all geared towards that uh but the comics were definitely skewed a little bit more edgy um the gi joe cartoon is infamous for being kind of ridiculous in that no one gets shot i mean we're talking about a tv show about terrorists and military personnel all heavily armed just blasting away at each other and no one gets shot it is beyond ridiculous um and it is pretty silly that you have all these pretty realistic weapons you know that that was another appeal of gi joe like all the weapons and the vehicles were all based in some sort of reality they were based on real guns and you know real like jets and helicopters out there so for the cartoon to take those quote-unquote realistic guns and vehicles and a make no one get shot and b have all the guns be lasers i mean there are no bullets it was all lasers right it was was completely ridiculous (laughs) as a kid had a ton of fun with it Uh, but yeah i mean you can't help but think, especially now, as as an adult, that it was it was very silly. The comic, though, you know, there there was some more realism in there. You know, there there was definitely people got shot, and you know, the stakes were a little higher. It was edgier. Um, ultimately, it was still a. It was a it was an advertisement. <laughs> That's the bottom line. Um, but uh, I think in terms of like. Uh, some stories with a little more depth. Uh, the comics were were pretty solid. You know, I think they, they, there was a big surprise. I, I remember my brother and I, you know, we were both into comics. And I remember we were, we were both like, hey, this G.I. Joe comic, man, this is actually, this is pretty good, you know? Um, and I think that is kind of the consensus. The, the G.I. Joe comics were, were pretty high quality. And they kind of didn't need to be, you know? They, they were there just to advertise the toys, but uh, the end result was, was pretty solid, you know. Um, definitely um, uh, worth a read, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I mentioned the file cards that I still have those old file cards. That's great. Um, but I also have all my old comics, too, which is really cool. Um, I do have... Uh, a copy of G.I. Joe number one in really good shape. I think it's like near mint. Um, that's definitely um, prized possession for sure. Speaking of the G.I. Joe comics, um, there's one issue that is uh, definitely of note because, you know, I mentioned how the character of Snake Eyes, he's mute, right? So there's an issue that is revolved around Snake Eyes 
that is, um, it has zero dialogue. It's like completely silent. You know, it's all images. And it is really brilliant, you know. Um, it, it, it ties into the fact that, you know, Snake Eyes is mute, but it is just kind of a triumph of visual storytelling in comics, you know. Um, I've mentioned before, like, one thing that has kind of turned me off of certain comics is is certain stories that have too many words in them. You know, let the let the story let let let, let the uh, let the images tell the story. Um, that can be a really awesome thing. And and this issue of GI Joe, I think it's issue twenty one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but uh, it, it's great, man. It, it it is really cool. You know, I think um, I mentioned how like the G.I. Joe comics are surprisingly well done. I think that this one probably is is um, the best of the bunch, you know. Uh, so don't want to ramble on too much about G.I. Joe. Like I said, I wanted to do a separate toy-themed episode with Rainier, so we'll save the rest for that ep, okay? So for now... We can wrap up the episode. This is Farewell from Henry. Oh, no. 